What's up, Joe? What's up, everybody? This is another edition of Sports 360. I'm Jeff Fennell, and as always, I'm here with my man Rob Duran of Rob Duran Sports. Rob, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. We're just coming out of the Labor Day weekend, so that's nice. Had a you know that extra day off. I'm doing great. Um, getting rested, you know. I'm, I'm working on my southern accent. Do you hear it yet? You hear it? You hear? You hear it coming on? <laughs> uh, I, I, that means I got to keep working oh, on it. Yeah. I got to keep working maybe, on it. Maybe a couple more weeks, and you got it in there. Maybe a couple more weeks. Yeah, I've been down here in Charlotte for three weeks, and I'm working on it, man. Um, but listen, you know what? In all seriousness, though, I'm not working on my southern accent, but I think I might have told you, you know, um, you know, going back to last year when the pandemic started, I've been, you know, teaching myself Spanish. Um, you know, when you know, when I say teaching myself, you know, Duolingo and other apps and things like that. Um and I've been pretty diligent with it, um, you know, because when I was in school, Spanish wasn't that difficult for me. It's like it it made sense to me, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, you know, and, and so it was just one of those things that I, I always wanted to pick up. And when we got to the pandemic, it, it's it's something that I did pick up. So I enjoy that. It's it's, you know, I enjoy learning. And, and, and so. I'm not going to learn a Southern accent. That's just joking, but you know, <laughs> but, but I am working on my Spanish. Maybe I can combine them. Maybe you I can speak Spanish with a Southern accent. There you go. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> anyway. Um, so listen, man, Come on, we got to talk about your Yankees. I mean, oh, man. the team that was on a 13-game winning streak, the last time we spoke, they had lost two games against Oakland, and you you felt pretty confident, Rob. They were going to play Anaheim and then Baltimore. Um, they're playing Toronto now. But they lost two out of three to both Anaheim and Baltimore. Can't be happy about that. And that's coming off the two losses to Oakland. So they're like – and then they got spanked yesterday. So if if my math is right, I believe what are they like two and nine or something like that in their last eleven games or something? Yeah, three and seven in their last ten. Uh, okay, not what you three want. And seven. No, not what you want. Not at all. I know. Um, the winning streak had to end. We all knew that, and it did. Um, they beat some good teams during the streak, and then I did feel good. You know, the Angels haven't been a really good team. Baltimore, even worse. So I thought, you know, that's two out of three. It would go the, the Yankees way, right? Wrong. Because I knew Toronto would play themselves. Toronto somehow, you know, their offense is just insane. They're going to play somebody tough every night. Um, so, man, I'm not, I'm not happy. If anything, the Yankees are consistently inconsistent this year. They either look like, they're going to go undefeated in the playoffs or I'm going to have issues sleeping at night because 
<laughs> they're getting smacked around. And um, right now I'm having issues sleeping at night because they're getting smacked around. So mm-hmm. not happy, yeah. Jeff. I'm not happy. Yeah, they, they, they really do have to get it together, you know. Um, and they have three more with Toronto, including tonight's game. Um, and they really have to get it together. They, they have to get it in gear. And we talked about that. But even though they had the 13-game winning streak, they really didn't have much margin for error because Boston continued to play well. Tampa is just running away with the division. And then you have teams like, you know, Oakland and Seattle. We haven't spoken much about Seattle, but, yeah. you know, Seattle's up there contending, you know, for a wild card. Um, so the Yankees have to play, you know, they have to, they have to get it in gear and losing against Baltimore. And listen, I know technically Baltimore is a major league team, <laughs> but realistically, you know what I mean? There's some teams that are, pretty much borderline triple a teams yeah. you have to beat them have the yankees to. have to beat baltimore they can't lose two or three at home they can't do that no you you listen like i said earlier they played good teams during that streak and they beat them and they and it wasn't like they, it was ticky tack wins like they were beating these teams so when you're going against lesser competition man that's where you have to they they honestly should have won six in a row at that point and, t- and then gone into Toronto, you know, on a six-game yeah. winning streak. But, you know, that's yeah. baseball, man. It is. It is. And that's the thing. Um, baseball's a humbling game. You hear that said a lot, but it's true. Um, and in this situation, the Yankees now find themselves having to play better baseball against one of the better, if not the best, offensive team in Toronto. So um, the next three days are going to be tough. And then, you know, they do have this subway series against the Mets and the Mets have been playing better, but they're in a stretch of 15 games in a row against the Marlins and the Nationals. So, you know, the fact that they've been playing better against those two teams doesn't really say much, um, but they still struggle. They had a five game series with the Nationals this weekend. They won three, lost two, should have won yesterday. Right now, they're four games out of first place. They're in third, but they're four games out of first. Um, and they end this season against the Atlanta Braves, who they currently trail. The Braves atop the NL East. So technically, are the Mets still in it? Yes. <laughs> but realistically, I think the Mets should just stop. You know what I mean? Just stop. Yeah. But, you know, they'll keep, you know, the play, I'm not saying the players should. The players are going to compete. That's what they do. But I think Mets fans need to stop. And, and you know, for me, I'm a Mets fan, but, you know, I'm, I'm not rooting for them to make the playoffs because, in my mind, they're not a true playoff team. Yeah, and it they seem to be one of those teams that just kind of gives you a sense of false hope. And you kind of feel they're going to go on this little winning streak. And just when you're feeling good, it's like, oh, wait a minute, we have a chance. They're going to blow a couple games and then – they're done for. So, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. You don't, you don't want to have that sense of false hope and think that the Mets are going to make some noise in the playoffs. Cause I don't think they're built for the playoffs. You know, they're a 500 team and we kind of spoke about this a little bit off air, you know, at this late in the season, you are what you are. Mm-hmm. And I think we all know what the Mets are and w- really what they have been all season. They, they were the beneficiaries of 
teams like Atlanta playing not playing so well early on. So um, it'll be yeah. interesting to see what happens with them the rest of the way, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see is exactly right. But <laughs> clearly they are mathematically. I mean, they're right there. Four games yeah. out with, you know, still a, you know, a good three, four weeks left in the season. They're right there. You know, so um, we we will see what happens on, on that front. Um, but, you know, turning to something, Rob, that is really interesting, that starting to percolate in a lot of different ways, and that is COVID-19 and vaccine mandates. Um, there have been some recent stories coming out of, for example, um, out of New York, MLB Network, where studio analysts, John Smoltz, a Hall of Famer, um, and Al Leiter can no longer work in studio because they are not vaccinated. And the MLB Network has a vaccination policy. And we saw something similar with the Washington Nationals, where longtime executive Bob Boone, former player, um, again, longtime executive of the club, he resigned because the Nationals have a policy where all employees have to be vaccinated. Not based, not the players. They're represented by a union, so they can't do that. But uh, Bob Boone said, I'm going to resign rather than get vaccinated. And then, Rob, the thing that's really, really interesting is that the NBA announced that, you know, in those markets that have local mandates or local requirements um, for vaccination, like New York City and in San Francisco, um, and those requirements say that if you're not vaccinated, Essentially, you can't enter into an arena, a stadium, or so forth. The NBA said they're going to honor those policies, which would mean that players on the Knicks, the Nets, and the Warriors will not be allowed to play home games uh, unless they can show that they have a medical or religious exemption. That could be huge. Let's start with that. What are your thoughts on that that last part involving the NBA players and these local vaccination requirements? I think that we may see some players, and, and obviously it depends on their vaccine their their vaccine status. We may see some players losing games, home games. You know, if they play for the for, for a New York team or for the Warriors or something like that. We may see guys missing home games or missing half a season if they don't get vaccinated, which is insane to think of. You think of the kind of star power that Brooklyn has, for example. If one of their big three or even, you know, another player of theirs isn't vaccinated, that's half a season they're missing because of that. And that's insane. I mean, I, I can't blame the NBA, can't be mad at the NBA for doing what they're doing and mandating the vaccines to this capacity because, you know, they, they have the right to do so. It's their choice. They're the, they're the employee, they're their employer. So, you know, you have to do what you have to do to protect the business at the end of the day. But it'll be very interesting to see if there are players who are not vaccinated 
and are missing games. And it could be very important games where we may be looking at, you know, this is way down the line, but playoff games at home that they might miss. It's, it's something, man. It really is. It really, really is. And, you know, um, right now it's New York and San Francisco. It remains to be seen whether other municipalities will, you know, enact, you know, similar requirements. But, you know, we're, we're starting to see employment status being directly affected by vaccine policies, right? The Washington Nationals um, with their vaccine policy. Houston Astros also have a similar policy and I'm sure other professional sports teams as well. And so again, these policies don't filter down to the players because the players are represented by a union and you know that's a subject of collective bargaining. But outside of that context, these these professional franchises or or sports entities like the MLB network can decide to have these types of policies. And we may see people now like Bob Boone, you know, having to make a choice. And I said it to you earlier, Bob Boone is 73 years old. He played 19 years in the big leagues, longtime executive used to manage, you know, he's been around baseball, He's yeah. a baseball lifer, right? But he's 73. And, you know, I say that from the, from the vantage point that he is in the position to make that type of decision. But what, what about the 33-year-old, right, who's trying to start his or her career and they have a family at home and they're faced with a similar choice? See, to me, that's where it starts to get interesting. And, right, and... You know, those choices are going to have to be made. So in addition to what's going on in the NBA, I think taking it outside of that context, it's still very interesting to see what these teams and other sports entities are going to do as we go forward. And if the variants keep, you know, having the adverse effect that they're having right now, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens there, Rob. Yeah, a lot of choices are going to have to be made. Um whether people want to continue working for where they work, um, if they're willing to sacrifice and lose their employment over the vaccine status, whether they want to go job hunting and go somewhere else that doesn't mandate or doesn't have a vaccine policy. Uh, yeah, like you said, it's it's not just going to be sports. It's not just going to be sports networks and things of that nature. It's going to be everywhere. You know, universities are doing it. Colleges are doing it. It's trickling down. and we're going to get to a point where we're going to see a lot of people or may not see a lot of people that we're used to seeing on a daily basis. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, other institutions doing the same thing. I know scholastically many schools are having, you know, have a policy that if you want to participate in sports, you need to be vaccinated. Right. And so, um, you know, I can see many parents being upset about that, but, you know, one of the things that, you know, I, I taught sports law for, you know, over 10 years, uh, several years ago, 
um, and one of the things I used to, you know, try to emphasize to my students and to anyone who would listen, right, is that <laughs> when you're in school, right, and even elsewhere, but when you're in school, there's no right that a student has to play sports. You don't have yeah. a right to it. It's a privilege. It's yeah. not a right. So, you know, the idea that a school says or a district that you have to be vaccinated in order to participate, I imagine some parents are going to be upset and they're going to erroneously say, my child has a right to play sports. No, no, she doesn't. No, he doesn't. Nobody has a right to play volleyball. <laughs> yeah. You know, sure. and if the schools want to institute policies, then, you know, you're talking about rights, they have a right to do it, right? Um, in, in terms of trying to preserve the safety of the entire student body and the school and the district, and they have a right to make those choices. And, you know, we're going to see kids being affected by this as well. Yeah. And I think to your point, and, and that's a good point, a lot of people are going to confuse, you know, what organizations, what institutions, what, you know, all these places have to do over, you know, over what their personal choice may be. And there's going to be a lot of gray area for people who are upset with this. But at the end of the day, you know, like you said, it's a privilege to play sports. It is. And you hear this in professional athletes speeches and Hall of Fame speeches. I'll tell you, you know, it was a, it was an honor and a privilege to be able to put on this uniform to play mm. this sport and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, we're going to see some tough choices. <laughs> yeah. Very tough choices. Yeah, we really are. And so, um, and, and I think we're just at the tip of the iceberg really. You yeah. Know, um, but I will tell you, I am, I am really, you know, going to keep a close eye on what's, brewing in the NBA, you know, because the NBA came out and said, they didn't have to, but they came out and said, we're going to honor those local policies and we're going to, you know, enforce those policies against our players in those jurisdictions. And so um, I, I, we really have to keep our eye on that. Cause as you said, an unvaccinated player in one of these markets seems to be right now subject to missing half the season if he can't play in home games. Yeah. That's nuts. That's, <laughs> That's wild. It really is. So um it bears it bears watching to see what 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 goes on goes on there. Um the other thing Rob that um we've been watching for some time um and we mentioned this months ago but uh, Naomi Osaka um she she lost um uh in the uh the US Open recently and at the end of her match in the press conference she announced that she was taking a break from tennis and you know that press conference was you know you could see the struggle that she is having and the range of emotions that she is experiencing but she says she's going to take a break and, you know, she doesn't know when she will play tennis again. Um, you know, for me, Rob, I, I, you know, I, I hope that she is able, you know, to get to a better place to get the support and the help that she needs. And I hope she takes as much time as she needs 
in order to get there. Um, but that was another big story uh, of the past week. Your thoughts on that? I'm with you, man. I hope that she takes whatever time is necessary, whether it's six months or if it has to be five years, whatever it takes, because at the end of the day, the sport is better with her in it. We know that. And she's a phenomenal athlete, one of the best at the sport in general, period. But at the end of the day, her mental well-being, her emotional health, that's priority. And I don't care what profession you're in, what you do for a living, what you do for work. If your mind has to be right, you know, to be able to perform and just live day to day. So I think it, whatever time she needs to get her stuff figured out, get her, her, get everything in order, that takes priority over anything else she can do in tennis, <clears throat> excuse me, in tennis period. I just want to see her do well in life. And then we can worry about the athlete later on once everything is good to go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, um, yeah, you, you, you have to be pulling for her Yeah. and, you know, obviously she, you know, she had taken a little bit of time off. Um, I think it was at the French open, right. I, I believe it was at the French open. I believe so. Yeah. Um, and she, she came back, um, and she was competing, as I said, in the U.S. Open. But I, I would think now that her absence from the game will be a lot longer than it was the first time around as she seeks the help that she needs. And, um, yeah, yeah, you know, just, just really rooting for her and pulling for her um, in all kinds of ways just to get to a better place. And you know what? This is one of those things. It's not even about tennis. Yeah. You know, it's not about tennis. This is about her emotional and mental well-being as a human being. And that's the only thing that matters. It really is. Um, and so hopefully she gets to that better place. Um, and, you know, the other person we had spoken about recently, Shakari Richardson, um, you know, I, we mentioned the same thing, that we were hoping that she was okay because of some of the recent things that were going on after the Olympics where, you know, she came in dead last in the Prefontaine classic and then had that bizarre, you know, interview right afterwards. And then recently she posted on Instagram, one word, the word violence with a toggle switch turned to on. Um, And then she went out and placed fourth in the 200. Um, And she got some backlash from people on Instagram saying, you know what, I was supporting you, but you know, now you're kind of out there and it's not about all that, you know, you know, compete, train, you know, honor your talent, you know, those types of things. There were a lot of comments along those lines. Um, I don't know if the wheels are coming off the Richardson wagon but I don't like what I'm seeing, man. What, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm not liking it either, man. And I'm with you. I think that I, I think some of it has to do with her age. She's very young. Um, but I also think that it's a matter of maybe, and, and I don't know this for sure, but hopefully she has 
a good support system. And I know we spoke about this last time too, an actual support system to guide her through this because she is in a, in a very tough storm right now of stuff going on since the Olympics and nothing is going her way. And for somebody so young to not have things going their way when they pictured, or they may have had this picture of, you know, I'm going to get gold when I go to the Olympics and then I'm going to be celebrated and none of that coming to fruition and struggling after that. Like you said, you don't want the wheels to fall off that wagon and for her to go into a downward spiral and then become this what if story, you know what I mean? So I hope that she has this great support system, whether it's family, whether it's friends, coaches, trainers, whoever, mentors, whatever it is. Hopefully these people are surrounding her and saying, listen, maybe we should take a step back and let's not worry so much about you, the athlete. Let's worry about you, the person. Let's get you, the person, right? Let's get you mentally focused on doing things right. You know, not saying things on social media. Forget social media. Let's close your accounts for for a year. Forget about what people are going to say. Let's just focus on you. And then once we got that in order, let's, then start training and focus on you, the athlete, again. And I hope that, man, because she is young, and, and it's hard as a young person, or I should say it's easy as a young person to fall into that cycle of negativity, and I hope that she finds her way out of it very soon. Yeah. And see, here, here's the thing that I think about sometimes, Rob, in times like this. You know, we live in an, in an age where athletes no longer have to wait for media, you know, beat writers and media writers to get their message out there, right? They don't yeah. need to, right? They got their social athletes like everybody else, you know, and they have their social media platforms. And so, you know, if you want to, two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, you know, whatever time of day, you can get your message out there. I think that's a blessing and a curse if it's not used properly. And I think in a situation like this, you know, like you said, maybe just get away from stuff. Just, just sort of like, you know, dial it back, focus on, you know, your well-being, focus on your training, focus on developing and maximizing your talent and then get after it. Right. Because if you do that, that's all that, you know, that speaks louder than words, not fancy Nike commercials, not some cryptic, you know, ominous Instagram post, right? Violence. What does that mean anyway, yeah. right? But, you know, you're going you're gonna to do that, you know, and I don't know if that's in her best interest right now. So um, I think this is one of those situations where the ability to simply get your message out anytime you want to is not necessarily a good thing, right? Yeah. So um, I think on all points, it would be, helpful to her if um you know maybe she just dialed it back a bit that's just i mean look, that's that's two brothers opinions right i'm sure she probably could care less but um <laughs> <laughs> there you have it um hey listen you know last week you made a comment um when we were talking about the new york mets and you know the now defunct thumbs down celebration um, and you said, I'm sorry to say, but that's just a Mets thing. <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah, you don't have to apologize. I know it is a Mets <laughs> thing. Right. 
And then the next day, their GM, Zach Scott, coming home from a party <laughs> thrown by the owners, Steve Cohen, gets pulled over and cited for driving under the influence. And I thought to myself, here's Rob thinking, that's a Mets <laughs> thing too, right? And and this is not to laugh at Zach Scott or anything or to make light of driving under the influence, which is no laughing matter. But yeah. but certainly, you know, it's just one of those things that just continually makes you shake your head when it comes to the New York Mets, right? Um, and so here he is, and and you know, Sandy Alderson announced that he that Zach was not going to be traveling with the team, and he doesn't need to announce that Zach Scott is a goner <laughs> at the end of this year, right? Um, yeah. But given that he got into that post only because Jared Porter got <laughs> dismissed yep. from that post because of, you know, sexual misconduct while he was with the Cubs, you would think that this young man would be on his P's and Q's. It's amazing to me, Rob, of, of, of what folks will do. Um and so that's another Mets thing, but unbelievable, huh? The best part is, after our podcast last week, Javi Baez scores the winning run in the Mets' <laughs> next game. So, <laughs> and I believe he tied the game with a hit and then scored the winning run. So, Yeah. yeah. And then in the celebration, <laughs> his earring comes off. Yeah. Right? And Sandy Alderson, who just dressed down Javi Baez and all the Mets for their thumbs down celebration, spent a half an hour on his knee in the Mets infield, combing the grass, looking for Javi Baez's <laughs> earring. You can't make this stuff up, man. That's, that's as Mets as it gets. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it really does, man. It really does. But, you Man. know, I, I will I will tell you, though, you know, um, you know, some of the things that that happens with the Mets is is a little bit, you know, you it's like worthy of Saturday Night Live skits. You know what I mean? Um, and some of the decision making has really just seemed to be so poor, whether it's personnel decision making or, you know, um, personal decisions being made by certain individuals, you know whether yeah. it's, you know, Mickey Calloway or, you know, Jared Porter, you know, and here's Zach Scott. Um, but, you know, the DUI thing, and, you know, I think about that because, you know, there's a story that's breaking now that Mark Few, the coach of Gonzaga, you know, was cited for DUI last night. You know what I mean? And so this stuff is, you know, it's, again, whether you're a coach, a GM, a player, high profile and yeah. these types of stories continually being in, in the media, just not a good look for these individuals or the institutions that they represent it really isn't. Yeah. And listen, man, there are so many ride services out there, Uber, Lyft, all these things where if you want to go out to a party, have a good time and you, you having a few drinks, just Uber it, man. It is not, it's not worth the risk to go out there and, and, and drive. You know, if, if my wife and I go out, one of us is the designated driver. If we want to go and have a few drinks and we know that, mm -hmm. and, and that's mm -hmm. just what it is, you know? 
And if we're going out in a group, same thing. One person is a designated driver. That person's not drinking at all that night. And, and that's just how it is. You know, when I go visit my friends in New York, same thing. We take a cab because we know yeah. we're going to go downtown and we're going to maybe have a few drinks. We don't want anybody driving. It's just not worth it. And so no. having all these stories out there, and it's like you said, high profile people in, in, in Gonzaga, which is a big school, huge school, D1, um, that's, that's just not okay. No. And like you said, you know, with Uber, Lyft, there's so many ways to get around. It's not even just getting a cab or a limo, or what, right? This is so easy. Yeah. And so, you know, you see these things going on and it, it, it that's why it makes the decision now. Not that it was ever, you know, okay. It never was, but it's even more so now indefensible. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because of the ease of getting a ride, you know, it's just indefensible. And it just really shows, you know, you know, a, a level of irresponsibility, um, you know, uh, uh, among these individuals. And again, not trying to sit in judgment, but we, we don't need stories like this. You know what I'm saying? We just don't. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, we, we often talk about players setting the example for young people, right? You know, that's often said. But I think GMs and I think high-profile basketball coaches like Mark Few, um, the, same, the, the same standard applies. Same standard applies, right? Because when this happens, it's out there as well. It's a story, yeah. and it's a story that could have negative consequences. Um, you know, speaking about um, being responsible, um, I really would like to know, because here's what I'm thinking, Rob. I, I'm thinking that you and I can do something. You and I can get together, put our heads together, and we can come up with a team. And we could call it um, Bishop Sycamore 2. <laughs> and, and I think we can pull some some guys from the YMCA we could pull some some people off the street we can do you know just just you know I don't know pull some guys off Facebook or whatever and see if we can get ESPN to to buy into televising our game um <laughs> I think <laughs> nah that could never happen <laughs> oh man I can't believe that Come on, man. <laughs> Who was asleep at the wheel at ESPN that they're televising this game? It was like 58 to nothing at one point, right? I don't even know. Was that the final score? Or was that like the score after the first 10 minutes? Oh, um, man. I don't know if you saw any of the highlights, but somebody could have got hurt real bad. They were sharing on, helmets. Man. They were sharing <laughs> helmets because they didn't have enough helmets. for the whole team. Oh man! And they were I playing, know. I believe, on a Sunday night. Was it a Sunday night game? And some of those players had played in a football game Friday night. Yeah, yeah. There was like it was like a two or three game span, two two or three games in a in a span of like two days. In, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Insane. I I don't know where the failure was, you know, in, in Bishop Sycamore, right. Who is being investigated <laughs> now. It's like not even being an institution or a school, right. You know, 
<laughs> but they somehow convinced the higher up that somebody at ESPN that they could play in a televised game um, against one of the better uh, teams in the nation. I don't even know who the team they were playing, but it was certainly, you know, a ranked team. And here they were coming, Bishop Sycamore, and yeah. you know, highly touted with all these highly touted recruits, supposedly. And meanwhile, it seems like it's a farce. It's, I don't know how that happened. I don't know, but somebody must have lost their job after that. Because that's that. <laughs> oh, man. I'm with you, though. I'm down to start a team. Yeah. Yeah, we could start something, man. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, that that's the kind of thing that you just wonder. Again, you can't make this stuff up. Um, but yeah, that that happened recently. And you know, ESPN, um, you know, just seems to be, you know, in the news sometimes for the wrong reasons. Um, and real quickly, too, you have any thoughts on, you know, ESPN is interesting to me, Rob, because once one of their high profile people seems to get embroiled in something, pretty soon they're gone, right? Uh, whether it was Jamel Hill, whether it's Dan Lebetard, um, you know, you know, once ESPN starts the brass, starts to criticize the talent, usually that talent is short lived, right? That person is going to be on the way out. And we saw it with Rachel Nichols, right? Um, I think she's still at ESPN, but she's been reassigned and had the jump taken from her and all the rest of that. Um, yeah. but it's really interesting to me how ESPN kind of operates and quite frankly from the outside looking in you know whether it's again you know Jamel Hill or whether it's Lebetard whether it's you know uh Rachel Nichols Max Kellerman right who recently got replaced right because Stephen A. Smith wanted him out from first mm, yep. take um it just seems to me from the outside looking in that ESPN is not a good place to work it doesn't seem that way. And you hear a lot of guy like um, Colin, I'm, I'm blanking on his last name. Colin, yes. He's, he uh, takes a lot of shots at ESPN. He doesn't say ESPN, but you know he's talking about ESPN. Um, during his show, he takes a lot of shots at them about the type of network they are and, and the higher ups and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, the, the stories that come out from people who used to work at ESPN are very interesting to read because it doesn't seem that way when you're invested in watching ESPN and you're growing up thinking, man, I want to work for this company. But then you start reading these articles and you're like, do I really want to work for this company? It seems that they're very cutthroat and that's the type of industry they run. And I don't know, man, I used to want to work for ESPN. I don't know how I feel right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope you don't. You know, because the minute the minute you say something or do something that that crosses the line, oh, you'll be there for a little while, but the clock will be ticking yeah. and it happens all the time. Because when this story broke about um, Rachel Nichols and what was it, Maria Taylor, was that the Maria. other? Yep. Right. Sorry. I just knew I said, Rachel Nichols, I said, they're going to they're going to come after her. Yeah. That's the ESPN way. Yeah, and I'll That's tell you ESPN what. Way. 
she's getting the boot, Rachel Nichols, and we all know that. She, I think she has like one year on her contract or two years. She's probably not going to show up anywhere. They'll probably buy her out or something of that nature to, to get rid of the contract. But she just called out ESPN as well in the comments she said, where ESPN has lacked in, you know, showing their diversity over mm-hmm. the years. And now they're, they're doing it a lot more now because of the climate we're in and, and people speaking out and things of that nature, which is, I, I know for a fact is, you know, you want to have diversity, but I think she called the SPN out. They, they have for many years lacked in diversity and it's, she called them out and they didn't like it. Yeah. Yep. And, and now, um, you know, you know, they, they stripped her of a lot of, you know, her high profile work. Um, and, you know, she's another one of those, um, you know, we often were talking about like, um, when we were, uh, what's her name, Candace Parker and others, you know, yeah. who we say, man, you know, when it comes to talking basketball, they, they really are, are locked in and, and bring a lot to the table. I think Rachel Nichols is like that as well. Um, yeah. has great relationships, you know, built over years in the business. I mean, she went after it and, and she grinded and, you know, good for her. Um, and now again, because of the ESPN way, um, it just seems to me, right. Controversy hits and ESPN, you know, does what ESPN does, right. They yeah. get rid of the talent. Um, seems to me, you know, they should put as much effort into the, into, you know, being on the lookout for the next Bishop Sycamore. Maybe that would, that would... <laughs> <laughs> they need to put more time into that than trying to act high profile talent, <laughs> but that's just one man's opinion. So <laughs> Maybe we'll call him who sent Sycamore over to them. It could have been, man. Gave him a, gave him a tip. Like, hey, this team is coming up. You, you guys want, might want to showcase them. <laughs> Prime time. It probably was, but in any event, man, listen, um, good, good catching up with you again this week, man, talking about, you know, a bunch of these stories. And again, um, that NBA situation is something to keep an eye on. And, and you know, whatever happens with, with the COVID mandates and requirements locally, I think it's going to affect it. Look, it's affecting all of us, you know, um, but the impact that it may have on the games and, and those who call the games and are involved in the games behind the scenes bears watching for sure. So we got to keep our eye on that and all the other stuff going on. But it was good to catch up with you one more time brother and chop it up so um let's let's look to to come back and and do it again and hopefully bro your yankees will get it together and i'm telling you this wouldn't it be something if by this time next week the new york mets are in first place oh boy that'll be a that'll be a great episode i'll tell you that well, I don't know how I would feel if that were to happen, but you know, I'm not going <laughs> to that you know how I feel. I'm on record. Let, let's just let's just play this out and 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 see what's going on. But um but the Yankees, man, I'm pulling for them cuz I want to see the Yankees make the postseason and 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 hopefully do some damage, but they got some work to do, bro. They got some work to do. They do. They do. 
I'm just going to stop talking about them. All right. Well, we'll get back at it next week. We'll come back with another edition of Sports 360. Until then, you be good, brother, and we'll catch you next time.